1: Charlie, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us today.
0: Glad to do it.
1: You spent a lot of time today talking about how people who think that they can beat the market averages are probably fooling themselves, how much tougher it's gotten to be a value investor or even just an investor in general. And I, I was just wondering, do you think the golden era of investing is over?
0: Well, not forever. Why? Well, Because I think... It isn't like the last recession or the last big opportunity that the world is ever going to get is past. There will be opportunities in the future. There are times where they're easier and there are times when which are harder.
1: So is right now tougher just because, yeah, valuations, tougher. Just because tougher. valuations have come up so much? Of course. So you think
0: A, the valuations have come up, but B, the competition, sorting through those opportunities is more intelligent, more aggressive, and more numerous. Of course, it's harder.
1: Do you think that the... The
0: net result is people are going to get worse results.
1: Do you think that the number of people who are smarter, who have better information than they used to, that that will go down, or it will just be a question of valuations coming down at some point?
0: Well, I think valuations will come, will go up and down because they always have. And I think we'll have smart people in, the, in this game forever. Lots of them. The, the opportunities that we all remember came from a demoralized period when about 90% of the natural stock buyers got very discouraged with stocks. That's what created the opportunity for these fabulous records that my generation had. And that was a rare Opportunity that came to a rare group of people of whom I was one and Warren was another.
1: So you're and, talking. And people
0: who start now have a much less, uh, they have lower opportunity.
1: Do you think we saw a generational low after 2008, beginning of 2009?
0: Generational, maybe. Yeah, I don't think the Bank of America is going to be cheaper.
1: Do you and think? It was
0: then, yes. It was, it was low. There were huge opportunities then.
1: What about just back around December, Christmas Eve, prices were down 20% and further for a lot of stocks?
0: Well, I don't follow the, the details and don't remember the exact days that are. I know that when the Daily Journal bought those bank stocks, it was basically a low tech. That was an accident. I deserve no credit for that.
1: Well, you deserve some credit.
0: No, well, I. But, but the exact perfect timing was an accident.
1: What about the lack of volatility that we've seen in the markets? That, that's also kind of, as central banks got into the game, and increased liquidity. Well, of course, it's,
0: with all this massive central bank interference, I think that was necessary to do. In other words, I admire the the politicians who did it and the technocrats, including the Federal Reserve people. And I think it was absolutely required and that the danger they were avoiding was worse than the troubles they caused. But it was very peculiar and it did have the accidental effect of bailing out the rich in order to help the poor. And nobody was doing that because they loved the rich they just didn't have any other tool in the kit and they had to do something
1: so the inequality that came from that it It wasn't
0: malevolence and it was an accident and it probably won't happen again and it's not a permanent conspiracy against the poor it was it was an accident that we had the huge recession caused partly by massive stupidity in finance and venality then when we ran out of tools and had to do something really peculiar that we'd never done before, that was a wise thing to do, given the amount of trouble we were in. You gotta remember that if the trouble had been allowed to run, we might have had a revisitation of the kind of troubles that brought Hitler into power. So we were facing real difficulties. And both parties and our technocrats got together for the last time, I think, and and worked us out of it. It was a very admirable thing, which you can all be proud. I've been proud of nothing in politics since. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this leaves me down but was, so many. But that, roads. Was a, that was a high moment. There are all sorts of political proposals out there right now to try and solve that inequality that was created. Uh, everything from a 70% tax on the highest brackets to a wealth tax, to taxing stock buybacks or even preventing them. Do you think any of them I don't work? think
0: they have to destroy some inequality is probably going to go away by itself. Why? Well I think there was a I think we hit a peak of inequality because the authorities had no alternative but to print a lot of money. And of course that bailed out asset values. And but that was a fluke and they can't they can't really do more of it. Uh, they've played that game once as much as they really can. And so I don't think people who are worried about inequality or should worry too much about a lot more of it from a lot more interest rate lowering.
1: We are still stuck with this populist fervor though. And
0: Yeah, th- sure, but that's the natural as breathing.
1: How do you think that plays out?
0: Well, I don't know. So far it's played out in waves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the Democrats are in, and sometimes the Republicans. In my lifetime, the country has run better net because we had two parties, each of which was partly in control. If either party had been totally in control of all branches of the government, I think we would be way worse off today.
1: You think there's room for a third party? I think we, party?
0: by going back and forth with a lot of political tension, I think we got about the right amount of social safety net. It would have been evil not to have as much, and we probably couldn't afford a lot more.
1: Do you think there's room for a third political party, the way Howard Schultz is kind of stepping in, potentially?
0: Well, we got one in the time of Abraham Lincoln. It took a civil war to create it. But I think it's unlikely that we have. The last time we got a third party movement, it just elected... One of the two parties who otherwise would not have been elected.
1: You mean Ross Perot, but, or are you going? Back? Yes, I mean
0: Ross Perot. Yeah. Ross Perot elected the Republicans that year.
1: Are there any politicians you look at and admire?
0: Sure, but generally speaking, it's not a genre that is my favorite.
1: What are the, who are the politicians you do admire? Who do you think has good ideas right now?
0: Well, I'm not ecstatic about anybody. If you ask me who performed pretty well recently, I'd say Mike Bloomberg.
1: you think he has a shot at winning the: Democratic- I don't know
0: about this, that, but I think he was a pretty reasonable able kind of a guy who's trying to do right
1: you mean in his job in his term as mayor
0: of yeah, City. yeah yeah right
1: what do you think if you have not been thoroughly impressed by the political process since they came together to try and combat the great recession what do you think about our political fortunes going from here do you worry or is it something that you think will be well resolved? i would
0: prefer that that they Two parties hated each other less, and that everyone was more rational. You don't like vast political excess and shouted epithets and so forth. I really do. But what can I do about it? I'm just, I can be cheerful.
1: You uh, touched a little on the national debt, which has just hit $22 trillion. You touched a little on that. Yeah, today.
0: we're in new territory, but that doesn't mean that it's crystal clear we can't get by what we've done. We just know we're in uncharted territory.
1: You worry about the eventualities of a growing national debt?
0: Well, I don't worry much because I regard it as a cinch that a great nation will, in due time, be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, so it's just a question of time. And, you know, where is Rome? Where is Britain in its heyday? They all pass, and so our turn is bound to come someday. But I don't like thinking about it too much. It's like my own death. Why should I enjoy thinking about it? But is it coming someday? Sure, of course it is. But you, you
1: have no guess as to when? No, sooner none. or later. You, you've been a huge uh, booster of China's economies and some of the Chinese companies and the entrepreneurs who run them. Um, we've gotten, obviously, into a little stickier situation with China with the trade talks that are going back and forth and maybe a different relationship than we've been dealing with for the last 20 or 30 years. What do you think about China right now and its future? Well, I think it's
0: natural to have some tension over. Uh, The truth of the matter is that Ricardo, when he invented the law of comparative advantage, did not predict that someday the law of comparative advantage would 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 greatly accelerate the growth of some poor nation which had a particularly able populace like China. That free trade would enable them to come up rapidly and take a lot of power away from the companies that had been on top and liked being on top. He just hadn't think about it. Once we realized it could happen, I don't think it's crazy to think there may be some limit to the amount of destruction we want to occur in our aerospace industry or something. Right. So I don't regard free trade as such a pure thing that we could never under any circumstances intervene. And I think that the advantages to the United States and China to getting along are so great on both sides that I, I, I anticipate that they will reach some tolerable adjustment.
1: Do you think the president's right to raise the questions about whether free trade is really free trade and open trade and fair to both sides?
0: I don't consider it wrong to have some limits On free trade that matter to the United States I don't want many I don't want them to be huge but some limits on the operation of free trade are quite acceptable
1: have you changed your perspective on Chinese investments to this point based on this trade talks or based on the new relationship we may have going forward
0: I basically believe in a lot of trade because I want two companies, two countries with a lot of hydrogen bombs to be trading happily with one another instead of posturing the way we are with Russia. Mm -hmm. So I vastly prefer our relations with China to our relations with Russia. And I think China thinks likewise. And I anticipate that we will Get along. It will be crazy on both sides if the United States and China don't. If there's any one country both sides should want to keep friendly, it's the other.
1: You know, you bring up nuclear power or nuclear bombs, and I just wonder what worries you the most in the arsenal of things that could go wrong. Is it nuclear bombs? Of Is course. it artificial intelligence? Is it no?
0: It's 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 a nuclear war. A nuclear war would be a real real disaster. Global warming is something we could cope with if we had to, but a nuclear war is—that's—that is really serious.
1: You point to our relationship with Russia. Obviously, we have the situation with North Korea. With I'm Iran. all for
0: making the Russian relationship better too. How? Well, that's difficult, but you've got to work at it. I don't think the right way to handle. Every tough guy that's fighting against you is with unlimited hostility. There are times, I think, when they ought to be killed with kindness. Even, Even if they're wrong.
1: Is that emphasis on killed or emphasis on kindness?
0: I think kindness. There are worse things in the world when you're rich and powerful than giving a little for the peace of the world
1: your concerns about that where where would you rate it because obviously this is something you've thought about for a long time and watched for a long time are you less worried or more worried than you were 10 years 20 years ago 40 years ago about that situation
0: I don't think since the day they invented the hydrogen bomb I've had a moment when I didn't think that mankind's main problem was avoiding modern war using hydrogen bombs. It's a very serious problem. Mm -hmm.
1: Charlie, can I ask you about some news of the day today? Um, While you were in your board meeting and then uh, with the shareholders, there was news out that Amazon was actually pulling its headquarters uh, bid for New York City. And I don't know how closely you followed that, but it's certainly an interesting study when you start looking at how much states and municipalities should be doing to woo corporate investments, and when, when or if there's a time where it's giving too much, or if they're standing up and they've just lost a potential for a huge investment?
0: Well, of course, we've had states doing this kind of thing for a long, long time, and by and large, the states that have done it have been wise to do it.
1: The states that have wooed companies? Yes. yes. It's
0: been smart of them to, to, to woo outside companies to come in. And, and, of course, it will go in time to wretched excess. That's our system. No, I don't worry too much about it. And, and my attitude toward Amazon is it's a, utter phenomenon of nature. I mean, it's hardly ever been, ever been anything like it in the history of our country. And very talented, driven people. And I would not have predicted the success that happened. And now that it's happened, I wouldn't want to predict that it was going to stop either. I think it may run a long way.
1: Just back to the idea of whether New York created a big problem for itself. I was just thinking about it in terms of the new tax laws that are there. And uh, the blue states, the salt states, uh, have lost a lot in the new tax legislation. It's basically punishment from the government for having such high local taxes because you can no longer deduct those on a federal level. So New York's going to get hit with that. You combine that with the idea that it's not going to be not just only wooing Amazon, but what message that may send to the broader business community. Could a state like New York or someone in the Northeast region really have, have shot themselves in the foot with a double whammy?
0: There are a number of places that have shot themselves in the foot. Connecticut, California, uh, New York City. It's It's been serious. And... Driving the rich people out is pretty dumb if you're a state or a city. And the idea that you're going to help New York by dri- driving the rich people out, of course it hurts New York. And of course it hurt Connecticut. The idea of that beautiful real estate in Connecticut, down 50% in value, yeah. they've driven out all the rich people. And California is doing the same thing. I know a lot of rich people who left California it, I think it's really stupid for a state to drive the rich people out they're old they keep your hospitals busy they don't burden your schools the police department your prisons they give a lot who wouldn't want rich people I think Florida and Hawaii have both been very smart in the way they have recruited rich people And I think Connecticut and California have been stupid.
1: Do you think the country risks some of those same stupid policies if
0: you tax? Well, some of the people in California are so anti-growth, they like driving the rich people out. (laughs) That's not my view, but you can understand why some people think that way.
1: Let's go back to Amazon and the growth that you've seen there. I know in the past
0: that you've well, said... Well, it's incredible what they've done.
1: Yeah, and you've called Bezos ferociously smart. Yes. Um, what do you think about the prospects for Amazon longer term? There, there are some movements in Washington that push back against him, whether it's because he's the owner of the Washington Post or whether it's just uh, one company getting too big and, and regulators worrying about that.
0: My guess is he still has a long ways to go up
1: you're a lawyer too was well once a lawyer always a lawyer correct
0: not really that's a long time ago
1: what do you think about his move that he's made recently with the 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 owner of the National Enquirer to say look he just came out and said they're blackmailing me
0: they're extorting me well I I admire people who simply confront problems head-on So I'm. I'm, I have no quarrel with his confronting the National Enquirer, but I regard it as a little nothing place that the world would be could well do without. And so, and to the extent they behave badly, and he's objecting vigorously, I'm all for it.
1: Let's talk about bad behavior in business because I think of you sometimes as the high priest, uh, somebody who looks around and lauds good behavior, but also calls out bad behavior
0: where you see it.
1: What, what do you think some of the worst behaviors are in business today?
0: Well, I think the behavior of the mortgage and banking industry in the in the delusional prosperity that preceded the great real estate bust was obscene. Practically everywhere. And I think that the people who got into a lot of the trouble richly deserved it. And uh, I think they didn't get enough. If God were just, they would have been, there would have been more penalties. They were bailed out to some extent because the country had to do it. And, but it never should have been allowed to run all that disgusting lying and cheating and delusional assumptions, and, and it was—it was, it was just—we all would consider it totally illicit and awful to adulterate the baby food, to make more money, to an extent where the babies died, and they were doing pretty much the same thing with the basic with their basic product. They were adulterating it so badly that it threatened the whole welfare of the republic. This was deeply evil. It's one of the things Elizabeth Warren is really right about.
1: And you don't agree with her on much.
0: That's true, but I agree with her on that.
1: Is that behavior still taking place, or you think it's it's been put to Well, it's
0: attenuated, thank God. But there's still some craziness in finance of course there always will be but it's it's way better
1: anything that rises to your radar screen now that may be under the radar for other people
0: well nobody knows how much of this money printing we can do and of course we have politicians who liked and are both parties who like to believe that it doesn't matter how much you do we can ignore the whole subject and just print money as convenient. Well, that's the way the Roman Empire behaved and it was ruined. Yeah, that's the way the Weimar Republic was ruined. Now, it's, there is a point where it's dangerous. And of course, my attitude when something is big and dangerous is to stay a long way away from it. Other people want to come as close as possible without going in. That's too tricky for me. I don't like it.
1: In terms of possibly getting sucked up into it?
0: Yes. I, 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 if there's a big whirlpool in the river, I stay a long way away from it. There were a bunch of canoeists once that tried to to, run the Aaron Rapids. I think they were from Scandinavia. And, and the fact that the whirlpools were so big made them very eager to ta- tackle this he would challenge death rate was hundred percent. I regard that as a normal result.
1: Bill and Melinda Gates uh, put out their annual letter this week too and in it they had a list of a number of things that have caught them by surprise. Um, things they learned that they didn't see coming one of them I think was that toilets haven't really changed in the last hundred years Another was well. There. They have,
0: as a matter of fact, the Japanese made the openings bigger, and what you want to go away goes away better. They have changed; they're way better. I don't think they paid enough attention to their toilets.
1: <laughs> Same basic. They haven't noticed to
0: see they they increased the size of the hole without telling them.
1: <laughs> it does wash away more waste with less water. I will give you that. But it takes away more waste. It takes away more with less.
0: Faster, better.
1: They they had a list of things. Some is that data can be sexist, obviously. Whoever's programming stuff puts it in. Another is that DNA tests can actually catch serial killers.
0: Well, that has been a pleasant change.
1: Catching serial killers? Yes. I would agree. I use this, though, as a way of just getting into things that may have caught you by surprise. Is there anything recently that really caught you off guard or that snuck up on you?
0: I was surprised when central banks started printing money and buying massive amounts of private securities, and they hadn't done that previously in my lifetime, at least not in a big way, and they did it massively. And it seems to have worked considerably. And that surprised me. And by the way, it surprised the whole economics profession. If you read the textbooks on economics, nobody was predicting that this would be the logical response.
1: We're not out of it yet, though.
0: No, of course not. You're never out of it until you're dead.
1: Do you think we can call it a success without seeing quantitative easing wrapped up, the big balance sheets kind of wound down, or do you think we've come far enough out of it to say this worked?
0: Well, all human successes are successes so far, and this is a success so far, and we don't know for sure what the ultimate consequences would be. In the old days, when people thought the currency should be backed with gold, and they wanted the inflation rate to be zero and the social safety net to be almost zero, they created a lot of GDP growth and a lot of prosperity, but with horrible recessions. And to some extent, the recessions automatically cured themselves. When we got into the business of big interventions, driven by the example of the Great Depression, What we got is pretty much a century of extreme prosperity with relatively minor recessions. And, but we're using methods that are so extreme that maybe we can't use a lot more of them. And we don't know the answer to that. If an economist told me he knew the answer to that, I wouldn't believe him. Either way, it wouldn't matter which way his opinion was. I just think we don't know.
1: Is that because the, that question's too hard, or you just don't trust economists in general?
0: Well, the reason the economists are wrong is because it's so hard. Yeah. You know, the Greek philosopher who said, a man never steps into the same river twice. You know, the man is different, and so is the river when he goes in the second time. That's the trouble with economics. It's not like physics. The... The same damn recipe a different time, gets a different result. Right. And I don't think the economics profession, I think they're gradually coming to that recognition, but it makes their subject harder, not, e- not more easy. And they weren't handling it so perfectly even when they thought it was easier. <laughs> so of course it's hard for them.
1: And, and Charlie- How, Why would anybody
0: think they know exactly? Take Japan's present position. Yeah. Can Japan double its national debt? Just just because it feels like it from here, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Charlie, so many of the people who come here um, come because they're looking for advice, not on business or investments as much as they're looking for just advice on life. Uh, there were a lot of questions today, people trying to figure out what the secret to life is to a long and happy life. And, and I just wonder if you were... Now that
0: is easy because it's so simple. You don't have a lot of envy, you don't have a lot of resentment, you don't overspend your income, you stay cheerful in spite of your troubles, you deal with reliable people and you do what you're supposed to do. And All these simple rules work so well to make your life better, and they're so trite.
1: How old were you when you figured this out?
0: About seven. (laughs) I could tell that some of my older people were a little bonkers. I've always been able to recognize that other people were a little bonkers. And it helped me because there's so much irrationality in the world, and I've been thinking about it for a long time, its causes and its preventions and so forth, and it sure, it's helped me. And I, staying cheerful with Cause it's the wise thing to do is that so hard and can you be cheerful when you're absolutely mired in deep hatred and resentment of course you can't so why would you take it on
1: is there any advice you would go back and give your 20 year old self
0: I have not Many of my children have worked out well, and I've had very little to do with it. <laughs> I think they come into the world to a certain extent pre-made, and you just sit there and watch. I, 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 I don't think they're. It, it's been simply amazing to me as a parent to note how much is sort of preordained. Mm-hmm. The shy baby is a shy adult the booming, obnoxious, domineering baby is the booming, domineering, obnoxious adult. I have never found a way to fix that. (laughs) I can be cheerful about it, but I can't fix it. I can change my reaction, but I can't change the outcome.
1: Well, Charlie, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It's really been a pleasure being here. Well, I'm
0: glad to be here. You know... I seem to have a whole group of people in India and China that like me. Now, that's pretty much my whole favorable constituency. (laughs) But it's more than a lot of other people have. (laughs) And so I'm thankful for what I have. And we are thankful for having you here. Thank you.